Hello and welcome to the Smoking Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Barrett, and my co-host is, as always, the Pit Barrel Master, Grant Fool. Good evening. Good morning. Whenever you're, whenever you may be listening. Whenever you're listening. Yeah. Whenever. Pre-evening, you know, mid-afternoon, yeah. what, what, whatever you fancy. Yeah. So, give you guys a brief discussion on uh, on what we're going to be talking about on tonight's show. Um, we recently had one of our biggest events of the year, my 4th of July party. Um, we're going to get into all the details of that. Um, multiple meat items were smoked in preparation for this party. I will have to premise this conversation at the beginning by saying we did not do the whole pig that we talked about since January we were going to do. At the final hour, we got cold feet, and we decided not to do it. Not canceled, just postponed. Yeah, postponed. We wanted to do a smaller pig. Yeah. You know, maybe before school starts back up again, we're going. To, we're actually going. We are going to do it, but we're going to try to do it. If Bill, when you're if you're listening to this, we want to try to do it when you can be with us. Um, that would be great. We we just want to make sure that we don't screw this thing up because it's a lot of money. And uh, we want it to turn out good, and we don't want to spend a bunch of money and ruin a whole pig, and then not be able to serve, you know. Because if it doesn't, if it if it just turns out dry or whatever, we I have, to, I have a hard time serving bad food. I, I won't do it. Right. So don't want to spend that kind of money and it end up bad. So on another side note, not a lot of beer discussion um, from the event. Um, we kind of put it on. We kind of put the beer selection for the party on the back burner this year, and we were really more focused on the food and the fireworks this year. Um, we really stepped our food uh, menu up this year, um, even more so than last year. We had that 15-pound brisket last year. Uh, we stepped it up again this year and uh, stepped up the fireworks again this year. So we were so busy with everything else that we we really just you know grabbed some old faithfuls, threw them in a cooler, and that's what we had for the day. So... Without uh, any further ado, let's get into the episode uh, right now. All right, Grant. So normally I uh, ask you what we're drinking, but tonight I get the privilege, right? Yes, sir. So tonight we are drinking, this is from New Belgium. I'm going to totally butcher this. Um, I don't even remember how to pronounce it, Grant. 
The terroir. The terroir, that's right. The terroir. It's pronunciation. You want to speak French with Appalachian, so it's about as good as you're going to get. Yeah, so, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Sorry if anybody from New Belgium ever hears this. I apologize in advance. Um, It is a dry hopped American sour ale. Now, you hear in the description, it is not barrel aged, but it is small batch barrel brewed. So, I figured it still worked. You know, it, it, it's a it's a barrel show. So, yeah, uh, what do you think, Grant? I've never tried. I haven't tried it yet. I I really really like it. Um, when you so I think it's a tradition that when we start every show, Grant's phone goes off. Yeah. <laughs> he always forgets to mute his phone every episode. I think this Sorry, is God. episode five. <laughs> And I think every episode, your phone has gone off in the beginning. Well, you, you know, it's muted now. My, my apologies, folks. <laughs> no, it's really nice. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's what, the, you know, when you hear sour and dry hopped, you're not thinking balanced. But I think for what it is, I think I think it's a, it's a good term for it. Um, to me. So I'm going to be honest. I've actually had this before, right. but I do not remember what it tastes like. I did not. <laughs> I actually had this at the brewery uh-huh. last year during the whole COVID thing, but when things kind of relaxed a little bit in the summer, we were in Asheville, we went to we went to New Belgium, had had some beer, got a bite to eat from a food truck there. We had this and another beer um, that we may or may not talk about later. Um but I'm telling you, dude, they hit it out of the park with sours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have really been dialing in the sours here in the last five years. And they, I don't know who they're, if it's a one single person or if they have multiple sour brewers, but they are just knocking it out of the park. Yeah, you get a, a slight um, vinegary bite at the beginning. Um, then the malt really kicks in, I think it kind of smooths it out and with a nice little hot crispness, crispness, and then Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas. Do you, it, get, it, do you it, get like an oakiness to it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was in if it was in oak barrels or not, but I kinda of get like an oakiness. I think that's the um, to me uh, that's just a uh, product of the yeast you think? Okay. process. Yeah. So Grant, a, Grant's palate is way more refined than mine, so I'm gonna uh, lean on him for this. Yeah, but it's it's nice. It's uh, and that I think uh, that I think it's just some of the uh, residual hop mm. uh, that you're picking up because uh, it, it's the dry hop. It pops though. It really does. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Um, very drinkable. Uh, what what percentage is this? Like seven? Does it say seven and a half? Seven and a half. Sure, don't drink like it. No, that's a lot for a sour. I thought. Yeah, it, it, it tastes like it drinks like a four. I mean, it's just real smooth. It does say aged. It says brewed, aged, and bottled. Yeah. Live culture. Mm-hmm. Served between forty-two and forty-six degrees and forty-five degrees. Yeah, it's right, that's right. I right think temp. I'm right there at the right temp. Mm-hmm. I pulled it out of the fridge uh, about an hour ahead of time. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, here we go. Whatever the name of this is, I don't want to say it again and butcher it, but it's a French term meaning of the earth. I do kind of get the earthiness. Yeah. Yeah. Very clean. Well, yes, very well done. I, yeah, I would definitely have more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very good. Hmm. It says on the bottle here that it will reward differently every time. So I guess that that speaks to the live cultures. Correct. Yeah, they. they uh, um, it just. A lot, of, a lot of sour beers, they're very hard to duplicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why some people don't like them, I guess. Because they, they, they want the they repetition. Will, right. They will vary batch to batch. Um, it's, a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a living organism, mm. and that just... I'm telling you, the tartness at the end of that is just fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice. And I, I'll tell you what... Um, so this is not this is not in my notes here, but... You know what it reminds me of? The tartness. You know what the tartness reminds me of? What's that? The new beer from Parkersburg Brewing. Oh. The new sour. Yeah. Which, they, which is really good. They, it yeah. has that sharp tartness at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. This has got that. Yeah. I mean, very much so. Well, in, you know, it, it's similar similar styles. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, both yeah. are hoppy sours. Um. So it's, there's, there's, yeah. this, one, this one's better. Similar. That's very nice. I'd say they're, they're, I'd say to each their own. I don't know. I'd have to try them side by side to give it better. I, I have a hard time. I just, I love sours. So mm-hmm. I have a hard time differentiating which one's better unless I have them, you know, side by side. My memory of the one from Burger Brewing was nice. This one just has a little bit more of a, um, a vinegar bite uh, to it. I can uh, give you that. And which which I like, yeah, which I like, and that's that's just a matter of okay. Balance. That's why I like it. Now the the one from and the, its name escapes me, um, but the one from Parkersburg had more of a fruity bite. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and that that could have been the hops that they used. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where they got that. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, yeah, good beer, good find. I like it. Thank you. I um, so I actually acquired this one uh, when I was on my most recent trip to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there visiting my uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and on one of our excursions, there was a there's a little like a little wine shop, and they have a really good craft beer selection mm-hmm. there. And uh, so we went in and we're looking around and it was right by the register. And I walked by it in the beginning. We were coming back out to check out and I'm like, oh, those are bottle releases from somebody. And I grabbed it and and I actually recognized the the, the other bottle that I grabbed. Um, but uh, and then I recognized this one second and I'm like, I got to have both of these. And they believe it or not. So. What was yeah yeah so I mean I think the this was ten ninety nine the other one was eleven ninety nine um, if memory serves me right I think when I bought them at the brewery last year they were like sixteen and eighteen so oh, okay. I thought that was a pretty good price oh, oh yeah especially for the for the uh, style and 
what's involved and everything, it's more than fair. Yeah. I mean, we, we get, you get two decent beers out of it, mm-hmm. and we I justify in my head, you go to a pub, you know, you're going to be paying $6 for a pint minimum. So, yeah. you know, it, it's that's fine with me. Yeah, it, well, and that depends fine. on the pint, too, though. Yeah. It is, a, is it an American pint or an English pint? Because an English pint is a lot more. True. Yeah. I'd pay $6 for a, a English pint any day of the week. Because it's like two American pints. So, um, well, and I guess it's not just English. I guess you can get it in uh, um, Canadian pints are the same way. Symmetric system, man. Symmetric system. It's always more. All right. So, moving on. Grant, you recently acquired a new piece of cookery. Yes. Tell us about it. Yes. um, Yes. My wife and I have been discussing getting a uh, Blackstone griddle uh, for some time, uh, off and on, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it for a bit. And then, lo and behold, uh, right around Father's Day, like I think it was Saturday before Father's Day, she said, you know, hey, Garrett and I want to get you this, but what's your input on it? And so I was like, well, you know, it's Father's Day, so <laughs> who am I? To, and it's an out, something I can cook with outdoors, so, right. you know. Yeah, sweetie, that's good to go. And so ultimately, I actually decided on the 22-inch two-burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted something that would be uh, uh, large enough to cook for us and a decent amount of people. Uh, also have some temperature control versus we least having two burners. But I wanted it compact enough, something that portable we could take camping okay. and that sort of thing. Uh, and long story short, that thing is awesome. I love it. Uh, actually, I think I've actually got it back. We got it on Friday. I got the Friday before. I unpacked it. Yep, I remember that. Start seasoning in it and everything. And it's like, I got to cook something with this. And then, so for Father's Day, uh, I went to, went and got picked up my father a shirt at Gerald's place of business. And then went over to Kroger and Belpery and found these inch thick, Prime cut ribeye steaks. Nice. Yeah, they were a pound each. Nice. And I thought, you know what? That's father's. That's <laughs> that. that we got. Give me two of those. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yep. And look, I got to tell you, I don't know if I can cook steak any other way. That thing just creates a perfect sear and cooks so well. I've been loving it, and they clean. There's, there's no cleanup. It's, really? Oh yeah, it just cleans up so easy. You just gotta keep it seasoned. Um, it's awesome. I love it. We took it camping uh, this week. Uh, our friend Jordan and I took our boys and went camping at the local state park, and it was awesome because there's, you know, there's no cleaning. There's no, no cleanup for cooking. Um, Scrape it down, throw it in a bag, and go. Yeah, yeah. You're good to go. Put some more seasoning on it, let that burn off nonstick, and talk about cooking up bacon really quick, pancakes, eggs, anything you want to cook. That thing is awesome. Also, it's it's to the point to where if I had to only buy one of those or a gas grill, I'd probably just buy one of those because it's... So versatile, it's mm-hmm. so easy. Uh, I can't believe the sear that you can get on a piece of meat 
it's yeah. Uh, so far, I love it. I love it. Yeah, between that and the smoker, it I'm seems good. to be a pretty popular yeah. uh, item right now. There's a yeah. lot of people who are buying those. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like my Weber two burner grill. The thing has uh, never let me down yet. It's got great temperature control. I would like to have a um, flat top for it though. And they do make it. Yes. I would like to have a nice flat top for it because it just, it, it does, it changes your um, ability to cook different things with a flat top versus the open flame. Yeah. But I even got one of those flat top, small flat top things I could actually put on top of my gas grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy got me. And honestly, I just, and my, my just be my grill, but it seems like that, um, that, that griddle I have get a lot hotter on the surface. Really? Yeah. I can't get the sear temperature on the one on that you place on the mm-hmm. grill like you do on that Blackstone. That'd be an interesting thing to try. I have an infrared thermometer. Yeah, I do too. Picked one of those up. Did you? Yeah. That might be an interesting thing to try out to see, yeah. you, you know, what I get on mine versus your Blackstone. Yeah. And it's probably, and it honestly, it probably comes down to the material it's made of. Might be. Probably has nothing to do with the flame underneath of it at all. It probably has to do with the material that the cast iron is made of. Because cast iron is not just cast iron. You know, there are so many different variations of metal, and they react differently, especially with the nonstick coatings on them and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And while this, this, you know, you got to season it. You know, it's not not Teflon, none of that stuff. You got to season. And um, you know, it seems like to me the more I cook with it, the Better than non-stick works, and I, I put I put fresh seasoning down after everything. Now, what do you use to season it? I cheat. Uh, Blackstone actually has a little jar of seasoning stuff that they oil that they recommend. Oh, really? Yeah, it's cheap enough. It's available enough at Walmart. And you just pour the oil on it, let it cook it, up, and it's, done. It's, it's kind of Crisco. You, I, you scrape it out a little bit, yeah, okay. let that start to melt down. I take my tongs with a, a little dish towel, uh-huh. wipe it around, make sure it's Evenly coated, keep that sucker up on high, let it burn off, boom, and you're good. And it's, I, I, I do that after every cook. I, I probably look excessive at it, but it just now. <laughs> well, imagine me with cooking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, that's hard, to it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, yeah. yeah. But I'm telling you, I, we cooked pancakes and little to no oil. I, honestly, I cooked the bacon first. I had just a little bit of that bacon grease, just enough to, like a small little film of it through the pancakes down they cooked up great and it, i was able to flip them they didn't stick at all i mean oh wow yeah yeah so. as an additional side note for this episode i will uh, not be talking that much it's gonna be a lot of grant talking this episode oh my. this will actually be the most talking grant has done to date on episodes probably now those of you that know us neither one of us are short on words but uh, but Grant's definitely going to top me this episode because we're going to go straight from Blackstone to the number one thing that we had to eat on the 4th of July was brisket. Yeah. Tell us about, from beginning to end, from its inception to how we got it to its final um, you know, unwrapping and all that. Tell us about it. Well, once we, it was determined that we were going to do the whole hog... Uh, we obtained, and thank you, Ryan, uh, for picking that up. Yes, and definitely. That. Uh, 19th Street Market here in Parkersburg sold us a beautiful, beautiful uh, oh. prime, prime cut 
15 pound full packer brisket actually trimmed it up nice for us. Yes, no work to do all in that area. So marbling was amazing. It was outstanding. Yeah, it really was. So it's a you know great cut of meat, and I've been I get down YouTube you know wormholes, and well, no. one of the people I love to follow on there is Mad Scientist Barbecue. Oh yeah, guy does a great job, and he had a video out there about you know trying to really replicate Aaron Franklin's uh, brisket. Yep. Uh, the Frank, the famous Franklin's uh, barbecue place down in Austin, Texas. It's well known as the best um, brisket down there. The, the best way to cook brisket. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. Very good. So. Sorry, Bill. If you cook it differently. Yeah, yeah. Bill does a great job. Uh, you know, Fra- Franklin's is the man when it when it comes to that. So anyway, from his research, he th- his theory is that his secret ingredient for by Frank for Franklin is Wagyu beef tallow, which basically is a very expensive Crisco that's obtained <laughs> from <laughs> from you know yes. Wagyu beef. And I watched I watched that video multiple times. Um, I watched other trusted barbecue channels I follow that kind of tried to replicate that. Mm-hmm. And really out there now, a lot of competition uh, barbecue teams are following suit with the Wagyu mm-hmm. beef tallow. So I thought I found it on Amazon. Boom, get it here, along with the pink uh, butcher pink uh, butcher wrap paper that I was. That I decided to use instead of the foil. Uh, you know, there was a Texas Crutch. I instead of doing that with the, with the uh, pink butcher paper, and I'll get into that in just a second. But so anyway, tried things a little bit different, and you know, got got the brisket thawed out. That's the only thing I differentiated with between the Mad Scientist Barbecue guy. Uh, when I was thawing the brisket out, I had uh, some beef broth and some uh, beef bouillon cubes and some ice and some salt just to let it kind of soak in while it was thawing. But once it was uh, thawed out in a day, I cooked it. Okay, 4th of July was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Part of the method for Franklin's is that they do an extremely long rest. Yeah. Like 12 hours. Yeah. And don't Blew me away. Yeah. And I have some, no idea. And doing some research with some other barbecue teams out there actually pushed it up to 17 hours. So I was like, well, all right. So I timed it out. And long story short, I had ours, I think, what did we say, like 15-hour rest. Is that what it was? Yeah. Nice. I, I have an electric cooker. Basically, it's, a, it's a old, cheap Sam's smoker that actually holds temperature fairly well. Uh, I don't like it how it cooks, but... It's a great food warmer. It's basically what I use it for. And I let it rest. It's worth keeping just for that yeah, reason. It, absolutely. So I, I let it rest in there at 145 degrees after I pulled it. And, you know, for that time. So I cooked it on Saturday. And I just used a real simple. So what time did you end up pulling it off on Saturday? Uh, 1230 at night. Okay. Okay. Midnight, a little past midnight. Um, you know, put, I put it in the smoke, um, little afternoon. Okay. 
what uh, was what you do season wise? Season wise, I kept this real simple because I really want the, the beef to be the star of the show, mm-hmm. and I just used kosher salt and pepper ground peppercorns and a little trick that I came up with myself on that one. I really just wanted to do a 50-50 mix, so I took the peppercorns. I have a cheap coffee grinder. Yep. I took the the uh, peppercorns, put it in the coffee grinder, ground them up, put in the kosher salt, and hit grind again just to kind of get it mixed together. So I had a 50-50 yeah. uh, kosher salt and peppercorn mixture. I coated it in olive oil, and that was it. That's how it went in the smoke. Okay. Just, you know, nothing, no, yeah. nothing, nothing else added. Lots, you know, before I'd use garlic salt and some, some chili powder and some different things. But you know, I know Frank, Franklin's is really simple. Just salt, pepper, classic Texas style, and so that's what I was trying my, they, my they best to the, replicate. They let the smoke do the topping. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so I did that, and you know, set it in my pit barrel. I, had it setting at 270 degrees, but just let it uh, use some uh, mesquite. I was getting ready to ask. Yeah, a little bit of mesquite and oak. Put that in there. And a few, few handfuls on the charcoal, lump charcoal, and let it cook. And then every two hours, what I did, I took that, I melted down some of that Wagyu beef tallow and in the microwave, and I, I would mop it. Now, the only thing I did different where I did different from the Matt Scientist Barbecue um, and a couple of the videos I looked at. Kind of he, did, he didn't mop it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't mop it. I, I, there's a couple other video, a couple other folks out there that decided to mop, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it. What the heck? Yeah. Couldn't hurt. I add a touch of uh, garlic salt and some black pepper to the mop. Okay. The so I'd mop it every time with that, and I just do that like every two hours. And thanks to the meter plus, it really, uh, which in my opinion is the best Bluetooth thermometer on the market. Oh yeah, it's great. So you know, I had my, I, had, I downloaded the app on my son's tablet. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. And, so this was the first time you did the yeah, extended range. Yeah. So how nice was that? So that was great because I was able to go over to my family's pool. And I was monitoring the cook. Uh, we were sitting there swimming and yeah. the radio and. I was like, I'm gonna go check on the beef, and it was it was it was the most stress-free cook I had. It was all over the place, and uh, that's, it was that's awesome. I'm telling you, it's what I love about the meter plus. It's yeah. just, it takes all the stress out of it. Yeah. So you know, really, um, yeah, I I think I let it. I, I really what I just let this thing. I wanted to make a good get a really good bark. Right. That's what I was trying to go go for with this. Which I I, I feel that you accomplished. So I felt good with that. Well, we've got pictures on our Facebook page if you'd like to see what it looked like. Yeah, I, I let it cook for. I didn't. I didn't wrap it in the butcher paper until nine thirty. It's, it's, okay. it's in the smoke, directly naked in the smoke for eight and a half hours, eight hours. Okay. And before I, before I wrapped it, and when I did, you know, I coated the butcher paper with the beef tallow again, wrapped it up really nice. And uh, you know, this really let it do its thing until 1230. And then where it hit, um, I started checking in at 195. And then just, you know, it wasn't quite pro tender yet. So I hit around, eh, I forget, it's like 200, 201. And it just, you know, when I stuck the probe in the next time, it 
came just in. melted. Yeah, it's like butter. Uh, so I pulled at that point in time, rewrapped it in some new butcher paper with some beef tallow. Now, and the other thing I did different with than the Mad Scientist Barbecue gentleman, um, I wrapped it with the, with the butcher paper, but since I was going to let it rest that long a period of time, because mm-hmm. uh, he didn't let it rest rest 12 hours, I was concerned and just letting it sit in the with the butcher paper. So I wrapped it additionally with aluminum foil. So I really yeah. want to make sure it didn't dry out. Uh, let let it sit there and rest like that. So that's what we did, and took it to your place, and you know, I thought I don't know. I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'm telling you, it, it was impressive. Um, so there, there's a short video that I posted on our Facebook page that shows the unwrapping, and there's another little short video I, t- I put with it that shows him with a piece of this brisket in his hand squeezing it in the juice i'm telling you guys the juice that came out of this thing was phenomenal i mean i'm telling you it was to date the best brisket i've ever had um the flavor was amazing the texture was there the moisture in the meat was just so forever that's the way we cook brisket you know i'm i'm convinced that forever that's the way we cook brisket because it was um, far superior. It was a far superior cooking method. I thought it turned out well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably my own worst critic uh, when it comes to things. This particular brisket, it's, I noticed that when I cooked it, uh, the flat's always thinner than you know the tip, obviously. Right. But this one seemed it seemed to be more pronounced. So to me, the flat turned out a little drier. Um, then the tip of what we cut. But we didn't really serve any of the of the flat. Yeah, yeah, we did. Did we? It was all gone. We had I had no I had nothing to take home. Well, to be fair, it was sitting in the juice too, so yeah. it probably re rehydrated itself. Yeah, because yeah. it I tried a piece of it. And it wasn't dry, but right. it was drier compared to the rest of it. Correct. Like it was good. Yeah. But then when you tasted the other end, yeah, it was like it was dry comparatively. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know Isaiah, he, he, he had some of the flat, and he was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, which one did you which one did you get it out of? So we had, we had, had it all set two different Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two different dishes. And he got the flat. I said, well, go in and, you know, go and get some of the, this out of them. And he comes back. He's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so they, they were both very good. I, yes. I think like people enjoyed it. Yes. And the thing I enjoyed, I didn't see a whole lot of people put smothered with barbecue sauce. I'm like. All right, I'll call. I'll call that a win. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, I I did not. Um, I just couldn't bring myself to put barbecue sauce on on really anything that we had uh, Sunday. No. Just could not. No. Yeah, the only thing I would do different with that brisket, uh, and I was I thought about it, I didn't pull the trigger on it. I would I would have wrapped the flat in foil just to help me keep just it. to keep it from getting drier. <laughs> Keep it from getting dry. I, I would have wrapped okay. it in foil, covered it in foil okay. earlier, and let uh, to um, you know cook normally. And but anyway, so we we had the beef white white beef tallow. Yeah. The butcher paper was new for me as well, which I think that also helped really enhance the bark. I, I think it um, it did a fantastic job at um, 
making the moisture fairly even, other than that one side. Yeah. Other, but the rest of it, I think it did a fantastic job. Yeah, and you got the perfect burn-ins. Oh. Yeah, they... We ate those before the people came in and got any, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I always, yeah, I say, that's your mind. I work for those. So yeah, you know. yeah. I think I had two pieces. I, I, I stuck the rest on a plate. Yeah. And away they went. I let Justin have one because I thought he was going to do it. Yeah. Watching, I'm like, hey. <laughs> I think Ryan got one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah. Yep, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, so much flavor, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that the, the white view that really, um, that's definitely a keeper. Um, so the beef tallow will forever be on our briskets. Yeah, it's it, it's pricey. I mean, you know, I, I never paid that much money for a can of Crisco before, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because it was Wagyu. Yeah, but it was good. Because you can... I actually found at Kroger's... Uh, when was it? Saturday. It was Saturday before. Mm-hmm. So it was the, it was the 3rd. J- July 3rd. Um, we were walking through, I don't remember what aisle it was, but anyway, I, I saw these little containers and it said beef tallow. And I was like, oh, no way. So I picked it up and was looking at it. And then right beside of it was, uh, baking grease. Okay. And they're in these fancy canisters and it's, yeah. and it's the Kroger select brand. Oh, there you go. And I don't remember how much the beef one was, but I don't even remember how much the, the bacon thing was, but, um, but so in a pinch, if you can't get Wagyu in time, you could always stop into Kroger's and just get some regular beef tallow, which I'm sure will be better than nothing. Right. Um, and I'm sure most people would never be able to notice the taste difference. Yeah. But uh, but yeah the the I was blown away. I mean, you know, watching the YouTube videos and all that that you sent me, I had high expectations and far exceeded my expectations of how yeah. it was going to turn out. Yeah, I, I got excited. I was really nervous just because, you know, whenever I changed that much, I, I was really changing up. One, that was the first time using the butcher paper for me. Usually, and my general rule of thumb is only change one thing. Yeah. And that's it. That way you're in more control. But I was really doing a different rub. And you kind of changed everything about how you cook brisket, right? Almost. I kept the temperatures the same, so I, re- I know how that cooker likes to cook brisket. Right. Uh, so I really much, I followed that because uh, it was pretty tried and true. But yeah, rub was different. Um, rest time was much different. The butcher paper was a different technique. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the beef tallow, obviously, the white beef tallow is definitely new. So that was... Uh, Stepped up to the big boy table. We did. Yeah, yeah, but I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I was successful. And obviously, I said that I, I thought I was going to have some leftover beef uh, brisket for sandwiches or something the next day, <laughs> and I came back in here to get up more stuff, and I'm like, it was all. I mean, it was gone. There wasn't. There wasn't nothing left. So, and let's remind everybody that was 14 pounds of brisket. Yeah. 14 pounds of brisket, and that wasn't our only meat that we had. No. And we really didn't have much of anything left. No. Like, besides the fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 The fruit and vegetables, there's, like, lots of left. Like, everybody had to take some of that stuff home. But yeah. what we, you know, the main courses, everybody just, like, got double and triple helpings of. Yeah. Which is Great. a huge compliment, I yeah. thought. Yeah. Great. So, 
So yeah, I pulled off the the brisket at twelve thirty, got it in the, my warmer, basically went to bed. Uh, woke up the next morning, mm-hmm. got the, started up the smoker again. Yeah, and cooked three racks of uh, baby bags. Yeah, and just really used the Cabela's uh, pecan honey pecan rub because, quite frankly, I was tired and <laughs> I'm keeping this simple. I, I pulled right. Pulled the membranes, and you know, to their credit, you know, if, if you're looking for, dude, it's really good rub. I really like it. My and Christy loves it, so I was like, you know what, she's happy with it. Yeah. And, and frankly, when I cook ribs, guys, I'm cooking for my wife. Everybody else, well, mom, she's happy. I don't care. She, she's, she is. She my, likes the ribs. Yeah, she's my rib. She's my rib fiend. And so I cook for her when it comes to that. And yeah. And let me be honest. It was. Um, it was everything that a rib should have been. Yeah. You know, when you watch those competitions and stuff and you see how other people, you know, judge ribs, like you had a little bit of that hang onto the bone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you pick the bone up, the meat didn't just fall off unless you just yanked it out. Right. But you could pick it up by the bone, you could bite a hold of it, and, and it had just a tiny bit of tug, but then it just melted in your mouth. Um so and we had three racks of ribs. Is that what how much it was? Yeah, I couldn't racks. remember if we did three or four. Did three. So three racks of ribs. Really meaty ones. Though. They were good. Yeah, yeah, they were. And we we took them. You know, you, you tore them apart in like two, and you know, and make Sections it easier. Yeah. Section section them up, make it easier. But two rib servings. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was very good. The so the rub on it almost had like a sweetness. Mm-hmm. I really like that. So, is there? Was there? I'm assuming there was sugar in the rub. Oh yeah, well the honey, honey pecan. So you know, it's 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 just a really nice rub from Cabela's, and it it it's really uh, it it cooks very well. So was that the last of that rub, or do you have? Uh, oh no, I have more. <laughs> do you have more? Yeah, yeah. Which I've I'm, I like ribs. I just don't order them very often because local places around here, I'm always disappointed. They always char them. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, when you get them, you know, they've already been cooked and they're reheating them or something like that. And they, they've got this char on them and it just, you get char flavor instead of smoke flavor. And, you know, good ribs are not charred. Good ribs are, are smoked and, you know, fall apart. So like Justin said, every time he comes and has our barbecue, he can't eat at other barbecue places anymore. Now, to be fair, we're in West Virginia. Those who are listening, which is not necessarily known for its barbecue. So we don't have a lot of really good barbecue places. Excluding Bill. Excluding Bill. Bill is the anomaly in the area. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I believe that there are a few other home uh, cookers in the area that probably are equally as skilled as, as you are and oh, probably sure. Bill is. Um, I'm still working my way up, but um, helps to have good teachers. So the ribs were fantastic. The, bri- the, the brisket turned out amazing. Like I said, check out the Facebook page. We got pictures of both of those. Um, and that's not all. We had um, 
So it wasn't just you that cooked. I brought my smoker out, my uh, master-built dual fuel propane or charcoal. I've been using propane because, for one, it's simpler. Um, and I've heard people say they don't like, you know, it has a different taste. I can't tell. You know, I've only ever had your barbecue before, and that's charcoal fed. And my pulled pork, smoke flavor-wise, tastes just like your pulled pork. That's good. It's really good. Um, so what did I have? I did a I did a seven-pound pork butt, mm-hmm. and it was totally unthawed. I was planning on putting it in like a doing like a brine soak on it or something the night before, and I ended up not doing it. So I ended up just letting it sit in the fridge all night and just keep it you know, nice and cold. I pulled it out, and I've got, I don't even remember the, um, the brand, but I have a, basically it's like a quart jar seasoning of, I don't even remember what, the, I don't, I don't remember what it is. It's just some type of, it's like, it's for pork or poultry okay. seasoning. And I love it. I don't even remember where I found it. Um, I just saw it somewhere, and I was like, you know, I want to take this home and try it. And the wife's like, you're going to take a giant jar of seasoning home just to try it? It was it was on sale or something. I don't know. But it turns out it's like a really well-known brand, and I've seen it everywhere since then. But it, So I'm sure it was a fluke that I found it as cheap as I did, because I think I only paid like $4 for it. Oh, sweet. Um, so it might even have been Walmart that I found it, but I feel like it was Kroger's. But because um, they've gotten their their selection of uh, seasonings and stuff is getting way better, especially the one in Belpre, and their their um, selection of barbecue sauces has just been off the charts lately. But anyway, I'm getting away from it. So so I coated the whole thing in that, and so what it is, it's got a little bit of. Uh, I can just break it down for you. I don't. So it's got uh, kosher salt, black pepper. It's got brown sugar and uh, a little bit of regular sugar. I can okay. just tell by looking at it, um, and you can taste it. You know, um, so the brown sugar really gives you that molasses caramely. You know, so it works great to give you a nice bark on there. So I used it on a turkey before, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And uh, so I was like, you know, I'm going to try it on the, on the pulled pork. Because what Grant's always told me is it's hard to screw up pulled pork. You know, pork's very forgiving. He has told me time and time again. So yeah. I thought, what the heck, I'm going to try this. Yeah. So yeah. I did. Yeah, and, that, that's, and to me, anytime I'm advising anybody when they're first trying to get into barbecue, pulled pork. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So... I had, I was trying, so, and then on top of that, I did something else. Um, well, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, anyway, so I did all that, put my Meter Plus probe in it. I had my smoker already going. It was sitting nice and pretty at 250. Took it out there, threw it on a smoker, left the house, went to church, monitored it on my app the whole time. We were there watching it cook. Um, yeah, you're at 15 miles away? Yeah. Yeah, like 15 miles away. On Wi-Fi. Yeah. Just monitoring my cook. It's, it's hitting like 155 and it's just sitting there. I'm like, that's okay, stalled early, but we were good. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it, it was getting a little hot at one point. Luckily, my, my wife wasn't feeling well, so she was actually home. I had her 
walk outside. She's pregnant, so she's not like sick or nothing. Just this premises. I wasn't having my wife that was up chucking into the toilet go outside and adjust my smoker. She was just pregnant, so she it, it comes. It's, it's like a yo-yo. You know, she feels yeah. great. She doesn't feel great. So anyway, in her great moment, she went out and I had her turn my fire all the way down <laughs> as low as it goes. So the cool thing about this smoker is once I, I a few modifications to it, I sealed it and then put that uh, trim around the door that I spoke about in a previous episode. Once it gets up to temperature, mm-hmm. you can turn the flame all the way down to its lowest setting and it'll literally sit at 245, 250, indefinitely. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it just blows me away how well this thing sits. And, and, I, and you know, I thought it was a fluke, whatever. And what's crazy is I can tell if it's windy outside now. Because mm-hmm. after I get it to temperature and I adjust that, that flame down, I can tell if it's windy because the f- temperature will spike. Yep. And I've got all the doors shut on this thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's just the way that, you know, the wind hits it, mm-hmm. you know, if it's real windy, it'll get a little bit in there. Um, so I was sitting there watching it. I noticed this started to spike and I'm like, well, it's all the way down. So it's got to just be windy. And sure enough, it came right back down, sat there. It was phenomenal. So I got home. It was like 165, 166. I pulled it. I grabbed, I spoke earlier about I picked up a jar of baking grease. Yeah. So I took about a half a cup of baking grease. Um, I melted it down, just coated this thing in baking grease. Um, and then took a, um, a regular, you know, tablespoon, took two scoops out of the jar, put two dollops on top of this thing, wrapped it up. Um, you know, with foil, wrapped it up nice and tight, stuck my probe back in it, and stuck it back in until, I don't think, when did I pull? I stuck it back in until 4 o'clock. Like, I was, you guys, you were, you had texted me that you guys were on the way, and I had just stuck it in the cooler to rest. So, that was around, it was close around 4 o'clock. And, and it rested until, what, closer to five for about an hour, maybe? Oh, yeah. It was probably a good hour it rested. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm telling you, I was overjoyed with how that turned out. Now, if I had butcher paper, I would have completely copied you with your brisket recipe and butcher papered it. Just because I think that, that, um, that butcher paper does a really good job of taking the humidity and keeping it evenly coated all around the meat. Mm-hmm. Um but throwing that extra bacon grease in there, I mean, it was totally amazing. I've got pictures of that, too, that I posted. The pan it was sitting in had probably a half inch of juice in the bottom of it. I'm telling you, this was the most tender, the most juicy pulled pork I've ever pulled apart. Um, now, to be fair, this is, only, this is only number two for me. But, uh, Grant, what did it look like to you? Really nice pork. And, you know, it, I was happy for you. It, it, my, my, my favorite moment, it, it's funny. My wife, she's, she pulls all the meat. I, I, that's her thing. She loves to do it. Um, you know, she's, I'll start to, and she's just kind of like, get out of my way. I want to do it. Kind <laughs> of thing. And I'm like, well, sure, go, whatever. Uh, but she knows 
before we get to doing anything, you got to reach in there, get that bone. There's, there's no greater oh, yeah. pleasure pulling that bone and say, all you do that and it just pulls out nice and when it pulls out nice and clean, uh-huh. you're like, yep, I did that well. And yeah. it, it pulled clean for you. It had a nice spark to it. Uh, I, the bacon grease thing was very unique. Um, you know, you, def- you definitely taste the bacon, but it wasn't overpowering. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very tender, very juicy. It was well done and I don't think it was very much of that left either. I mean, honestly, it, and it honestly it, I had about two cups left. Yeah, because I made like two sandwiches with it after and the that, next day. And I think we must have done well because I don't think we had. I mean, we had there was a number of people here, but it wasn't like you know. And we, we, yeah. and we don't, it's not like we had like a whole, whole bunch there of was about eaters. thirty. There were about thirty people here, but I'd say about fifteen of that was children. Yeah, yeah. So you know it. People going back for seconds. <laughs> did you did you take any of the leftover meat home? No. Well, yeah, I, there was there was some ribs left. There was a couple a little bit of ribs. Okay, because I was gonna say I had two ribs, yeah. two bones. I yeah. had two ribs that we kept, and I had about a, I mean, you know, a burger patty, like a thick burger patty size round thing of full pork left. That was it. Yeah, out yeah. of the out of the what? So seven pounds of full pork, three racks of ribs. And 14 pounds of brisket, we basically had enough for two people to eat the next day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I honestly thought I was going to people. I thought, well, okay, I guess I'm eating barbecue this week leftovers. Yeah. You know, whatever cool works for me. And no, we, we had nothing. <laughs> so, so, and as people know that come to you know, any type of a cookout that we throw, my wife has uh, kind of starting to become famous for her mac and cheese. Mm, yes. um, now, something that I don't think anybody noticed, and you really wouldn't unless you've... <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to burp there. Um, oh, wow. I was trying to hold it back. That <laughs> kind of hurt. Um, anyway... Nobody would have noticed unless they had recently had her mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. But when she she does a four cheese mac and cheese, and then we stick it in the smoker for about an hour before, and it gives you a nice little smoke ring on the top. Now I'm telling you, it totally changes the flavor of mac and cheese. You'll never eat mac and cheese the same ever again. Um, now we did a little bit on the side that we just put in the oven. It's basically baked mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to look for a recipe or whatever, but it's baked mac and cheese, but it's with four different cheeses. And then in the end, you stick it, you know, you put it in the oven, let it get good and warm and hot and all that. And then, you know, you I had the smoker turned down to, well, it was probably 200 degrees in there. And I let it sit in there for about 45 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour. depends on, on how big the pan is, but I think it was about 45 minutes until it really starts bubbling and this top of it starts getting brown. Um, but she always buys four different kinds of cheese. Mm -hmm. She's got pregnancy brain right now. She thought she bought four different kinds of cheese. And in her credit, she bought four different brands of cheese, but there were four different kinds of sharp cheddar. (laughs) And so... I thought it was hilarious, but so she got, so there's two different types of sharp cheddar that we always buy. Um, 
for this. And then we normally buy Gouda and then something else, and she always changes it every time. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, she ended up with, she didn't even realize it until after she was, you know, making it, that she that everything was sharp or extra sharp cheddar. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, the sharp and the extra sharp really make a difference with the smoke. So the tartness with the smoke really come alive. Um, and I think that's the difference. Now, to me, I'm a, I love the Gouda. Um, now, we found a, a particular brand, I can't remember the name of, that have a smoked Gouda. You don't even have to put it in the smoker. She makes, she'll make it and use smoked paprika and throw some of that in there. And we'll just put it in the oven, and it tastes like it came straight out of the smoker. Oh. And uh, and it, it's phenomenal. It really is phenomenal. Um, did you have any of that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I loaded up on, I took a little bit of ribs, we pulled pork, some brisket, and, you know, I, I had some of the mac and cheese. I basically had the cardiac special. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it was awesome. So, yeah. There was no mac and cheese left. Oh. None. None at all. I was looking forward to having some of that the next day with a little bit of that pulled pork we had left over. Yeah. And the pan was picked clean. Yeah. Like, it looked like the kids came in and scraped the pan empty. Yeah. I mean, I said, we, uh, I, I was looking around thinking, my goodness, I, where else would we go? Yeah. 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 I mean, literally, I walked inside, you know, about 8 o'clock. You know, starting to just sun was starting to go down. Wanted something because we ate it. What, what, what did we eat? Five thirty. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted a little snack or whatever. The only thing to snack on. I was going to get a little bit of pulled pork and whatever, and I'd be fine. Only thing we had was fruit and vegetables. Yeah, what's this? All the <laughs> yeah, all, all the meat was gone. I mean, just completely gone. So I ended up. I'm standing there talking to your sister. Yeah. You know. You know had like four or five fistfuls of little cherry tomatoes, and I'm like, all right, that's good. Well, yeah, well, my wife made peach cobbler, so I think it was about all gone. Yeah, I didn't uh, get a piece of it. Yeah. I was waiting because I was so full from dinner, Yeah. and then I forgot about it, and by the time I remembered, I went in to get some, and it was gone. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Now, I'll tell you what I did have, that my buddy Mike, his daughter made a uh, strawberry pie, mm-hmm. and it was like the star- strawberry gelatin pie. Okay. There was some it left over, and I told her I was keeping it. She wasn't taking it home because I didn't get any dessert at all. And so I ate it the next day for breakfast. And it was fantastic. I mean, really good. She had, like, a bunch of, like, chopped up pieces of uh, strawberry in there. And it's been a long time since I've had, like, one of those strawberry jello pies, but it was fantastic. So a little shout-out to to Bella on that one. I uh, The pie was fantastic. Okay. I plan on telling her that tomorrow evening at the softball game, but because uh, uh, I totally forgot to say something to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then that leads up to the finale of the night. Um, those of you um, that don't know us, we are, well, me especially, and I've dragged everybody else into it, are uh, really into fireworks. The 4th of July is my wedding anniversary. This year was seven years. And um, my wife is a big fireworks nut. And, uh, you know, who doesn't like explosions of color in the air? You know, yeah. loud noises, you know, possible, you know, possibility of, uh, bodily you know, bodily harm. It's, uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a man's 
a manly thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, stuff up is great. Yeah. So, this year, we, in an attempt, not necessarily to one-up ourselves from last year, but to improve upon the show quality. Did a little more extra planning, which is another reason why we ended up not doing the whole pig, because there was so much extra planning that we did in preparation. I mean, what we had probably close to, I was thinking close to 40 hours pre-planning into this between just sitting around talking, watching videos, and then to actually... Well, taking know, the products and organizing. I, say, I know I came out and helped you for a few hours putting together um, you know, the, the racks. Yeah, that, that was like six and a half hours. Yeah, did that. And then there was another night we came out and yeah. using stuff. Yeah, another six, eight hours. Yeah. Well, it had put it in perspective, folks, that's 700 pounds. It was just shy of 700 pounds. Yeah, of fireworks. A pallet. Industrial like pallet. Mm-hmm. But there were yeah, 150 mortar tubes for 500 mortars. No, that's we had 150 mortar tubes in the beginning. Okay. The first night when we first started setting those up, and then I got another hundred from a buddy of mine. So we actually ended up uh, with 250 mortar tubes. Yeah. And cl- and just just shy of 500 mortar canister shells. Yeah. Not regular mortars. These aren't the round little tiny things. These are canister shells, um, which have a lot more boom in them. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones they, the big sparkle, you know, they pop up in the sky real pretty, and then they sparkle out and just I don't know. They're it, it is it's pretty. I, the ones put, that make your eardrums ring. Put it this way: my mother, uh, my son tonight with my mom uh, again tonight, and she's picking him up. You know, they they told me again. They're like, that was the best fireworks show I've ever seen. <laughs> We're in Parkersburg, West Virginia, so, you know, I don't know how many actually big shows they've saw before, mm-hmm. but, you know, so maybe not a huge bar to cross, but yeah, yeah. it was great. And I was kind of laughing and joked. I said, you know what? Glad you had a great time. Hopefully next year we actually get a really good job of filming it because I have no clue really what it yeah. looked like. That's yeah. <laughs> all bits and pieces. Yeah, I, I've got... Bits and pieces of videos that I'm going to try to compile into one video. I'm still gathering video from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it It felt to me like a better show. It was definitely, well, you know, a lot more... Much more organized. Yeah, I, I can't talk. Definitely much more organized. Next year, we're going full automated. And... Um, that's going to take some even more planning. But the nice thing is, my hope is, we'll set everything up and we'll kick back and watch the show. Have a beer and watch the show? Yes. Sweet. Yes. But a uh, lot more mortar tubes to buy and a lot more uh, electric um, ignition modules to buy um, before that happens. But... So, like I said, I'm compiling a video of all the multiple videos that people are sending me. I'm trying to keep the quality good. I will post. I'm gonna post some of that on our Facebook page just so you guys can see. Where uh, you know, I'm a little crazy about fireworks. You know, I ordered this stuff in February, so 
I'm a little crazy about fireworks, you know, so beer, food, you know, smoked meats, fireworks, you know, th- those are my staples. Good time. So, um, I, unless there's anything else, I think that covered pretty much the everything we wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, so. And uh, with that, I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, please take time to like our Facebook page if you have not. If you're listening to us for the first time, uh, please check us out, the Smoking Barrel Podcast on Facebook. Um, we'll have an Instagram coming soon. That's something that uh, we've talked about. We've just never pulled the trigger on. Sounds good. Um, yeah, share stuff, guys. If you like it, share it. Tell your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell your friends about it. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please leave us a five-star review. I can't tell you how much uh, that helps. Uh, other people see our podcast that have like taste uh, to you. Also, feel free send us an email anytime. My personal email address is Cody Barrett nineteen eighty seven at gmail dot com. Anything at all? Questions, comments? Uh, if you uh, have a product you would like for us to review, if you have uh, somebody you would like for us to interview. Uh, we're definitely up to that. That's something that we hope to do before the end of summer is uh, to get another interview in the books. We've got a couple places in mind. So hopefully you will, we'll talk more about that as things get lined up. Yeah. Get lined up. Don't want to you know let the cat out of the bag ahead of time and then it not work out. So until next time, I'm Cody. I'm Grant. And this is the smoking barrel podcast.